Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is one of those Sundays where we are happy. A little chilly here in New York City, but definitely happy to be here uh, with you, you know, getting some of that love, showing some of that love. And, you know, before we bring on this amazingly talented guest that we have here today, I actually want to give you a little second to catch up with me. And then I also want you to catch up with one of our team members, Miss Leah Thomas, who has just returned uh, from a few places. So, man, Leah, tell us, where, where have you been over these last this last month? Because you've been missing in action. You know what I'm saying? Talk to us. It was only us. a total of, like, two weeks. <laughs> um, I visited Bali, Indonesia. Um, on my way there, I stopped over at Doha, Qatar. Okay. Um, while in Bali, I went over to Gili Island as well. Gili Island. Okay. So what were some of the highlights, man? What was it like going to that part of the world? I haven't been yet. Um, the long flights. I've okay. Never- flew that long um when i got back my ankles were swollen but wow um the sites i mean the architecture i'm one architecture it just amazes me and in doha just flying into doha it was amazing um my layover was 14 hours so i did a tour and i went to the the mosque and other places but their architecture like i'm saying is really really breathtaking um their airport it's also amazing. Like, there's so many different things. I mean, for people who haven't flown, you probably think, like, JFK is a big thing, but it's really not. The airport is huge. There's restaurants. They have, like, statues and stuff where your kids, it's like a little mini playground where your kids can actually just go and play. Like, you could just sit there and chill. It's like a theme park. Yeah. Wow. They have air trans inside. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm looking, I'm literally walking like a tourist in 42nd Street in the airport. <laughs> it's funny because New Yorkers are very, very... Um, as if they seen they it don't, all. Yeah, they don't like uh, they don't like tourists. So it's funny <laughs> for you to be a tourist there. Well, shoot, Leah, we are so happy that you are back with us, and you know we we love you here at the Creative Life <laughs> Series. So definitely, thank you for sharing with us a little bit about your travels. So no problem. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course, always. So Creative Life Series family, as you know, we cover travel, entrepreneurship, and personal development. But the biggest thing is covering people who have created their lives, who have put in the work and who want to share with us their tips and how it is that they've made some amazing things happen. And so I actually want to introduce somebody to you who I have seen this guy's journey 
we went, actually went to college together. So I want to bring in this guy who has been in different films and things like that. Justin Hires, please say hello to the Create Your Life series family. What's up? What's up? Just, man, just for the listeners, tell them a couple of the projects that you've been in. Uh, well, it sounds better if you say it. <laughs> it sounds better if I say it. Like I sound like an a-hole if I say it. Then I just sound like I'm bragging. No, nah, uh, but you're you not know, bragging. Just, you know, just, t- you know, some TV and film and stuff. And, some TV you know, and film. This dude is whatever. super modest, man. He's been in 21 Jump Street. He's been in, um, see, I can't name all of this stuff. He was, he was in Rush Hour. He played Chris Tucker. Our, our Officer Carter's role in the Rush Hour TV series. This guy has been in, is now in MacGyver every single week, right? The remake of MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, when I grow up, I want to be like you, man. And, nah, uh, man, aim higher. <laughs> I always tell people to aim higher. I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right, you know. I like to say I'm moderately successful. Um, but, you know, I'm very happy. Um I'm I'm never content. So so mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I'm happy about and I'm grateful about all the things I've accomplished so far. Um, but I'm still like motivated um, to accomplish uh, you know bigger and better things. Dude, but you're also you know you're a stand-up comedian. You're an actor. You're actually a black belt. I just yeah. I found that out. So create your life series family. Even though Justin's one of my good friends, we, I saw him at homecoming and I was like, yo, dude, you got to be on my radio show. You got to be on my radio show. But even though we have that. You know, that bond, because I actually was his RA in college, you know, on the low. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you was. You was making sure we weren't uh, doing nothing we had no business doing. And y'all still was doing <laughs> what y'all wasn't supposed to be Clark. doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, even though we have that rapport, where, I mean, as soon as I asked him, just said, yeah, absolutely. I still have to go and do research. And I'm finding out new things about this guy. Every single time, you know, I read all of his articles, read, you know, watch videos. Hey, man, your World Star videos are hilarious. Those recaps that you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man, shout out to Q. You know, Q from World Star just passed, man, the dude that created World Star. And I I posted a picture on my Instagram because when I first moved to L.A. and I wasn't on TV, I hopped on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me just find a way. Uh, to show people my talent and just to be seen any way possible. And so I started doing YouTube videos and World Star, before there was World Star, World Star, used to snatch my videos off of YouTube without my permission. And they used to post them on their site. And uh, and that was uh, back in the day when uh, when they weren't big. And so I would hit up World Star and be like, hey, man, y'all need to compensate me for my videos. <laughs> and so then, and then I uh, stopped making YouTube videos for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing, like, people, online people getting deals off of YouTube. So I was like, let me go back and make some more YouTube videos. And by that time, Worldstar had become big. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to go back to Worldstar, email them all humbly, be like, hey, man, would y'all please uh, post the <laughs> <my> videos again? <laughs> had to take the hat off and put it on my chest. Like, hey, if y'all, I appreciate that y'all would post my videos. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I've always uh, had a – and they, they've always posted my stuff. You know, they never asked me to pay money. I know they, you know, some people have to pay money to get their videos on World Star. So, you know, um, shout out to Q for opening that door. Um, because for all the crazy stuff they have on World Star, they, they were able to help somebody like me that was a young up-and-coming comedian to, to get his content seen. Yeah, absolutely. No, rest in peace to uh, to Q, definitely, man. I mean, World Star has, a, has had a dynamic impact on uh, hip-hop culture as a whole. And so, you know, that yeah. being his brainchild, I actually listened to a couple of interviews that he did uh, two days ago. 
um, where he yeah. just talked about, you know, that he saw video coming and that he saw that this was going to be the next wave of the future and things like that, and that he really wanted to get in position. And he's actually self-made from Queens, Haitian, and was doing all these things to give back to the community. So definitely, man, great man, great legacy. So just, I, I want to take it all the way back, man. There's a story that your mom wrote about or that your mom was being interviewed and she said about you, you were ready to move to L.A. at what age? Yeah, like 10 or something, like 8 or 10 or something. <laughs> some, some crazy young age. <laughs> and what um, is it that you said to her? Yeah, I, I knew back then, like I've known for a long time that I wanted to act. And so I, I think I told her to like, you know, her and my dad to quit their job so we could just move to L.A. And I was like, I'll make it if uh, y'all just quit y'all job and I could be out there to audition. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they, they they thought I was crazy. They are like, hell no. Uh, but, but, uh, but, you know, ultimately, you know, eventually, you know, I just got on my grind and, and went to a performing arts high school and went to college out here in Atlanta and still made my way out to L.A., but it was just years later. But uh, but I definitely had that vision at a young age that, that this was something I wanted to, to pursue. Mm. And so you went to a performing arts high school. You went to Clark Atlanta, you know, Shout out to HBCUs, you know, still producing great people and uh, great talents. What was your grind like when you were at Clark Atlanta? Because I remember I used to see you coming in late from being on your grind. So what was that like, man? Yeah, man, you know, um, it's so funny because I'm always known as the class clown. So people would be uh, uh, surprised when we would get our grades. And I had like, you know, I was an honor student. (laughs) So even though I would wild out, like, in class, like, telling jokes all the time, I, I always still made sure to get my work done. And I, I just always felt and believed if I did what I needed to do in college, I would have a job set up for me after college. Mm. You know, so that – but even though I always knew I was going to move to L.A., I still believed if I did – if I did everything I needed to do as a student um, on campus and off campus, uh, whether that was uh, interning – or uh, booking little roles here and there that I would have a good job ready for me after college. And that's exactly what happened. So when I was at Clark, I think freshman year, Mm -hmm. I kind of interned with a guy that worked at B103. It wasn't officially with B103. And that's the radio station, Um, right? Yeah, the radio station B103. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, uh, I was able to book two roles. In movies, I, you know, I, I booked a, a role in the the movie The Gospel that had Idris Elba before he really blew up, blew up. Right. Um, so I had Idris Elba and Boris Kojo. And then the following year, I booked a role in the movie Stomp the Yard. Um, so if anybody sees Stomp the Yard, you'll see me standing behind Neo the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all I'm all throughout it, but I only had like two lines in the movie. But I was, you know, appreciative to it, you know, for them putting me in that movie. And so basically... You know, I was um, going, it was almost like being Superman and Clark Kent. You know, at Clark, I was almost like Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And then I would literally go next door to Morris Brown, you know, to film Stomp the Yard. You know, where I was treated like, you know, uh, an actor, you know. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so having that grind, you know, and, and luckily my, my teachers, um, most of my teachers uh, uh, respected what I was doing and, and appreciated what I was trying to accomplish so, you know, they would let me turn in my assignments what I could, and they would be a little lenient about me not being in class mm-hmm. um, because they knew that, you know, I was you know across the street filming a movie, you know. So it was only a, it was only one or two teachers that uh, that I had to drop their classes and uh, take those classes later because uh, they, they didn't care. <laughs> they were like, sure, whatever, boy. Yeah, I need you in my class, you know. So shout out to them. Uh, people like them motivate me to become great. Mm. 
<laughs> nah, man, that's yeah. that's so huge what you just said. You know, definitely people who aren't believing in the vision, they motivate you to become great so that you can show them that, you know, they should have been invested the entire time. Exactly. You said only two teachers weren't supportive. Was there any type of negotiation that took place before you dropped the class? Or, like, how did you go about doing that? I remember there was one teacher specifically. I forgot his name. Um... But uh, but basically, I told him I had booked this movie, Stomp the Yard, and, you know, it'll be filming at Morris Brown or whatever. And, you know, and basically what he told me was uh, he sent me an email back. I think I emailed him, and he emailed me back saying, you know, congratulations on the movie, but unfortunately I need you in my class. And, you know, you if you're not here, I will have to give you a failing grade, or you'll just have to take an incomplete or whatever the case is. And so I emailed him back. I said, you do not have to. Uh, send me any false sense of congratulations uh, about my accomplishments. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. I was, and I basically, yeah, yeah, I went hard in the paint on the email, and I and I basically let him know that uh, you don't believe in me, and the whole point of going to college is to obtain a job, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so here I am doing something that's uh, giving me an opportunity to to uh, make some type of way in the career field that I'm pursuing, and you're not being. Um, uh, receptive to it, and you're not really doing anything to really help me get my career to the next level. So, you know, it was basically, I, you know, I, I said it in a very uh, nice uh, yet disrespectful way when I think about it because I was, <laughs> what, 19 at the time. <laughs> but, but, but you know, I was an adult, you know, and right. I was in college. I was educated. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I but I didn't use any profanity or anything like that. It was very professional, mm-hmm. but it was also to let him know I, I realize you don't see my vision you really don't believe in me you're not really happy for me and you know it is what it is so i have to drop your class and i will go off and be successful gotcha <laughs> yeah. so that was one situation yeah. of you over- overcoming so my question yeah. to you is how many hours so how many hours a day were you actually on set for those different movies and you know how did you go about finding study time in between there um, man, I don't know. You know, the, the the crazy thing about movie shoots, I mean, it just depends on how many scenes you have in a day, you know. So I wasn't the star of that movie, but I, I think I spent maybe a month. We had a month of choreography. That was the hardest part about Stomp the Yard, at least. You don't know how to dance, brother? Brother, you don't know how to dance? Oh, yeah, I could dance. I, I, I could dance good enough to get booked for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not like a professional. I'm no Chris Brown or nothing. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no usher. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was able to dance, you know, good enough to, to get in film. Uh, so we had a month of choreography and then a month of shooting for my, my, my scene. And uh, I don't know, you know, time was said it could be any, anywhere from six, eight hours to 12, 13, 14, 15 hours. Mm, you know, gotcha. it, it just it just depends on how many scenes um, you have scheduled that day. Uh, and I don't know, man, when looking back, I really have no clue how I did my work. <laughs> so right. I just you got just it committed, done somehow. Man. Find a way to yeah, make one. Yeah. So Find a way to make one. You, yeah. I remember you, when I was your RA, you used to come back uh, late and you would be coming from the comedy club. Um, you know, coming back into the dorm and I'll ask you, yo, Just, where you been, man? And you'd be like, yo, man, I just, you know, was out at this place, you know, performing stand-up and things like that. So how many hours were you working on your material before you were actually getting to the, get into the club? Man, uh, a lot, man. I mean, you know, they say you have to put in 10,000 hours right. um, to, to, you know, I guess achieve whatever you're trying to achieve or become good or great at whatever you're trying to to 
you know, whatever professional career field that you're in. Uh, and I would have to say that's true for me. Because, honestly, most of the times when I was going out to these comedy clubs in Atlanta, they mm-hmm. weren't always putting me up. You know, sometimes they would put me up. Typically, um, I would go there and there would already be a lineup or, you know, they didn't really know me. Or, or, or if they did get to know me, you know, it's still like these other bigger-name comedians were performing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The, the the times that I weren't wasn't performing, I was uh, just watching and observing, you know, seeing what I liked about certain comedians, what I didn't like about certain comedians, what certain crowds laughed at, you know, and was kind of doing homework and research, you know, observing at times too. And then other times they they did let me get up and I perform. Um, but you know, so I did that somewhat. But I always tell people I feel like I didn't really start doing stand up stand up mm-hmm. until I moved to L.A. in '07 because okay. when I moved. When I moved to L.A. in 07, that's when I was able to really pursue it full-time. You know, that's when I was really going to the clubs, you know, six, seven times a week, um, performing maybe once or twice, even if it was at an open mic, you know, at least just getting up and working on my material. Um, And from there, just the material grows. You know, you you see what jokes work, what jokes don't work. Mm -hmm. Um, You you record your sets, and, uh, and then you just try to make it as great as possible. I want to say this. I actually had the opportunity when I was in L.A. on a speaking engagement. I hit Justin up. This is a couple years back. Um, you hadn't even booked the, the Rush Hour or the, the MacGyver uh, movie, I mean, uh, TV series at that point. You had been in a few more movies. And I had the opportunity to come down and see you uh, for stand-up, man. And I was like, yo, this dude is awesome. He's amazing. Like, I was laughing. I don't really laugh at comedians, personally. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't be thinking that they'd be funny. And... Dude, you were amazing right there. And I was like, bro, I stayed after to, to talk with you. And I was like, man, bro, you, you got the juice. So I just man, I had thanks, to say that because I was very happy to man, be able to support you. I, I appreciate that. I think, you know, especially on the nights I'm really on, on, I think everybody's like surprised at how good I am. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you just don't expect it. But. And it's something I'm still. I tell. I give you a quick story. Mm-hmm. The reason. The reason I went on tour with Apion Crockett is because Apion Crockett was the first person to take me on tour to feature for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because he was seeing me. He and this is Apion looking at all the comics in L.A. Um, but he saw something in me. Um, they're like, this dude has has it. You know, to for for the feature for me. You know. And so I always commend him for doing that. But again, it's one of those like, oh, this dude, this dude is actually funny. And then right. even D-Ray Davis, <laughs> D-Ray just told me this. He took me on tour with him, so I did a couple of dates with him. Okay. Um, and he and he even told me, he was like, honestly, he said it in the interview. That's the only reason why I'm sharing this. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, even when I booked Rush Hour, because every comedian auditioned for Rush Hour, musician, and all these guys auditioned for that Rush Hour TV series. And he was like, when you booked it, I was like, I know this Negro ain't funnier than me. I know he ain't funnier than me. Um, but he even said, you know, when he saw the TV show, he was like, oh, this dude is funny. And then when he saw my stand-up, because I think that was his first time really seeing my stand-up feature for him, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, this this, this, this is kind of funny, you know? So it went, basically everybody listening, when I come to your city, <laughs> you make sure you come uh, come see me, because you, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit, and I've talked to you briefly about this uh, the other day. Before you moved to L.A., before you made that jump from the A to L.A., what was that conversation like for you? You know, like what, how did you prepare yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to take this chance and I'm just going to go all in. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. What was that conversation like? Yeah, man. Well, you know, honestly, it goes back to just believing in yourself, 
Um, and it goes back to actually what I said earlier. I felt like if I did what I needed to do in college, I would have a job waiting for me after college. That's exactly what happened. So I did what I was supposed to do on campus. I got an offer um, to be a video jockey. That's when video jockeys was popping, anybody right, young. Right. But those are, that's when they used to play music videos on TV. And, you know, they had hosts <laughs> to, like, throw kind of like 106 Park and TRL and all that stuff mm-hmm. back in the day. So MTVU was the college version of MTV, uh, MTVU, and um, they offered me a job to move to New York and be a video jockey for the network. Uh, so I was still a senior in college, senior at Clark, um, about to graduate in a couple of months, and here I am have an offer from MTV to be a video jockey. Um, but I knew in my heart I wanted to do stand-up and I wanted to be an actor. Um, back then, it was hard to be a host and considered an actor. Now everybody does everything. You see A-list actors doing commercials now. So it's changed. The landscape has changed now. But almost 10 years ago when this opportunity came came about, you know, if you was a host, you was just a host almost. Um, And so I had to just believe in myself. So I I really prayed about it and really, you know, thought what's going to really make me happy, you know. And I realized at the end of the day my happiness is worth more to me than money. Um, so I turned down the contract. I'm sure the people uh, thought I was crazy at the time. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I moved to L.A. I only knew two people in L.A., um, but I got an apartment, um, got a little side job doing promotions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just, pass, just passing out gum and stuff like that for, like, different companies and stuff like that, and, uh, and just got on my grind and eventually, you know, landed a commercial agent and uh, started booking stuff. Started doing my stand-up, and, you know, but it was really like just, I, like I was telling you, man, I feel like fear holds people back. Absolutely. You know, I think I think fear is the number one reason why people um, don't set off to accomplish their dreams. You know, the, I don't know people in that city, or what if nobody come to see me perform, or what if I try and I fail? But, you know, anybody that's ever accomplished anything great, there was a lot of failure that, that went along with it. You know, uh, Michael Jordan says that anybody will say that. You know, Kevin Hart, you know, struggled for years before he pop-popped. You know, um, he'll talk about that. You know, Steve Harvey will talk about how he slept in his car. Tyler Perry said how he slept in his car. You know, so I think um, people need to always remember that mm-hmm. instead of letting that hold you back. You know, if you do fail, you are going to fail. But when you do fail, take those lessons, learn from them, and then use that to take your career to help take your career to, to where you want it to go. Absolutely. So, Just, once you made it to L.A., you got there, you hit the ground running, what were some of the things that you did in order to build those relationships, in order to get in the game, to get a commercial uh, agent and, and get these get the ball rolling? Like, what, what are some of the first things that you did, man? Well, when it came to getting the commercial agent, because that's the first representation I had in L.A., the first official representation, um, luckily, doing Stomp the Yard in Atlanta, mm-hmm. one of the actors, his name Brian White, um, he told me, I told him I was looking for an agent, and he said, well, you know, when you're submitting your packet, meaning my headshot and resume, mm-hmm. um, he was like, just put on there, I referred you. Okay. Um, just put on the packet re- referred by Brian White. So I put that on all of my packets and mailed them all out to all these different agencies. Only one agency hit me back. And said, "Oh, we know Brian White. Oh, we we, we went through your your packet. How many which packets they you sent out? Do How many packets? Yeah. Man. How many do you think? Twenty, hundred, fifty? I I would say between twenty to fifty. Okay. Twenty between twenty to fifty packets. Yeah. 
And I mailed them out. Only one agency hit me back out of those 20 to 50 packages I, I, I mailed out. They brought me in for a meeting. I had a great meeting with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they started to represent me. I didn't know this was one of the biggest commercial agencies in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, just so happened this was one of the biggest commercial agencies in L.A. My first audition with them, I got on a bail. It's for like a McDonald's commercial. Okay. And what a bail means, it means it's between maybe you and one or two other actors for, for the role. Uh, and so a bail is short for availability. Okay. So they check, they start checking your availability, make sure you're you're available to to act in the commercial on on these specific dates, et cetera, et cetera. So my first audition with them, I got on the veil. So that was like holy crap. So mm-hmm. then my second audition, they submitted me for an MTV show. Ironically, right? I just turned <laughs> down MTV in New York, right, to be a host. Right. They submitted me for an MTV show in LA. But it was the host uh, like a new game show they was trying to do for MTV. Okay. So I went in an audition for it, and come to find out, I I end up booking it. Nice. <laughs> my second audition, yeah, my second audition in LA. So I booked this pilot. Um, for anybody that don't know what a pilot is, it's the first episode that a, a show makes. Um, so before any show you see on TV, there's the pilot. That's the first episode, and then from there, the networks watch the pilot and decide whether or not they want to. Uh, film more episodes. Um, so, anyways, I, I shot the pilot for MTV. Um, the show didn't get picked up. Um, cool, that was all good. You know, the show didn't get picked up. But at least now, my commercial agency felt comfortable with me to start referring me to other people. Right. So, my commercial agent referred me to my manager. Mm-hmm. And then I got my manager. Then gotcha. my manager referred me to my lawyer and theatrical agent. You see what I'm saying, and so that's how I started building representation. Now, you know, but I, it all it all started with submitting those packets and <laughs> and booking something. Wow, that's a great uh, streamline right there, man. I got to ask a question. You just said that you have an attorney as an actor. How important is it to have an attorney? And you know, is that something that actors usually have? Like, how does that how does that work? Yeah, yeah, I think it is important. I mean, I was told, you know, a good attorney isn't a good attorney major thing is to help you get out of contracts you know so we all we all do contracts um you know and usually your contracts encompasses you know trying to get you more money trying to make sure your situation is right uh when it comes to you know maybe living situation if you're if you're out of town or um if you let's say you're shooting something in new orleans and you want to make sure you have a rental car you know all these all these different things like that um, you know, if you're shooting a TV show, let's say like me, MacGyver, you know, maybe have it in your contract where I could still go do a movie, mm-hmm. you know, in, in there. Like, all right, he's doing MacGyver, the TV show, but at least in the summertime, he's able to go do a movie or, or as long as it doesn't affect his schedule, his MacGyver schedule. Gotcha. You know, so all of those things is what a, a, a lawyer helps you with. And then ultimately, you know, a good lawyer, for whatever reason, let's say your situation isn't working out with, you know, whatever show you're doing or movie you're doing, uh, hopefully a good lawyer is able to kind of get you out of that situation legally um, without you and whoever having to go to court and, and, you know, have all that stuff go on. Okay. Well, Just, man, I appreciate you answering that question. That was huge because I honestly, you know, when I'm thinking of being an actor or somebody's an actor, I never think about the legal aspect of things. And so you, I feel like you just shed a lot of light on things for us. Um, here as listeners in the Create Your Life Series family, anybody that's looking to become an actor or actress. Um, you actually got some people, man, 
from Brawley Hall, Donald Montgomery is tuning in on Facebook Live, man, and he's saying, yo, good stuff, Justin. Glad you two are, you know, able to to talk. And he's like, he didn't know, you know, he had the show. So just, man, you getting love on here, man. Uh, hey, man, shout out to Donald, man. Me and Donald go back. Yes, sir. And, <laughs> shout and out then to Donald, yeah, man. Nick Rouse is on Facebook Live, man. He's saying, yo, Dustin is, I mean, Justin is talking real stuff right now. He's like, hashtag true facts, man. They loving you on uh on Facebook Live, brother. So we're going to... Uh, shout out to Nick, man. Yes, sir. We're going to cut to a quick musical break, man. Then we're going to uh, bring you back, man, and find out some more about how you made your way out in L.A. So beautiful people, stay tuned. You can uh, reach us here at the studio, 212-650-6903. If you have any questions for Justin, also you can hit us up on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. Leave a comment. Let us know how you're feeling if you got any questions for Justin, and we will be sure to make sure that your voice is heard. We are here with the talented Justin Hires, who is really, really giving us the the inside scoop on what it is to be an actor in Hollywood, how he made his way out there. So, Justin, are you here with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Man, so happy to have you back, man. I mean, just to have you on the show, period. I'm, like, super humble, bro. When we left, you were telling us about the importance of having a lawyer and, you know, the different things that you, you know, you need your lawyer for in order to make sure that your career is sustainable. My next question to you is, how do you sustain the relationships with the different agencies if you decide that you're not going to work with somebody if you don't get a project and things like that? Because I know that one of the biggest things is being an actor is similar to gigging, right? You're as great as your last gig. So how do you sustain relationships and make sure not to burn bridges? Man, what I've learned in Hollywood is there is no way to not burn bridges. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just impossible, bro. Um, because, you know... <laughs> That, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. All you can do is do your best work, treat people nice, be professional, be on time, treat people with respect. And, and even within doing all of that, if you don't do everything that somebody else wants you to do, their feelings will get hurt, period. You feel me? So there's got to be some people that understand, okay, he don't want to do this, but he want to do this, or whatever the case, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. And there's going to be some people that understand it and be like, cool, I, I respect that, and move on until they want to approach you about something else. And then there's going to be other people who just get blatantly offended and be, who do you think you are to say no to me? You feel me? And then, and then it is what it is, you know? Um so it, it, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky thing, man. But like I said, the the best thing you could do is just be professional and be be nice to everyone. You know, I, that's that's one of the biggest things I always practice is to be nice to people. One because it's the right thing to do as a human being, and two because especially in Hollywood, you don't know where somebody's gonna be at in their career three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. So the same person you was just talking crazy to, you know, because they, let's say there was just a, a, a little clerk at an agency, that mm. person may now be the head of the agency five, ten years later. You might need that person now, you know. So that's why, that's why you know, I just treat everybody nice and with respect. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, bridges, bridges will get burnt, <laughs> period. I don't care how nice you are. Somebody's going to get offended. Right, because it's a lot of ego at play, it sounds like you're saying. 
Exactly. It is a lot of ego at play. Okay. Exactly correct. So mm-hmm. you're talking about people moving and changing positions, and I know that things change. Like you said, you know, there was a time where A-list actors wouldn't do commercials and things like that. How do you personally keep up with the changes that are taking place in the industry? Man, you know, it, it's tough. You know, a part a part of you want to make sure you're staying relevant and kind of keeping up with the times. And then another part of you is saying, well, I have to be true to who I am. Mm. Uh, for instance, you know, I was on YouTube before this Facebook and Instagram and Vine. Before all of that was popping, I was on YouTube doing that stuff before all of it, before all these other videos. Mm-hmm. I was kind of ahead of the curve when it came to that. Right. However, in the midst of doing those YouTube videos back then, I felt like I wasn't growing as an actor and as a stand-up comedian. Um, I moved to L.A. to be an actor and a stand-up comedian. I didn't move to L.A. to be a viral sensation. Um, if I wanted to just be big online, I could have stayed in Atlanta and did that, or I could have moved back home to Florida and did that. I wouldn't. I didn't need to be in L.A. to be on YouTube. Right. So when I kind of put that in perspective, I was like, well, let me put down YouTube and let me start just focusing on my acting and stand-up, and then I got better in my acting and stand-up. So basically what I'm saying is, you know, you kind of got to survey the landscape. So even now, I just bought a new laptop because I'm going to start putting back out content on YouTube, but it's probably not going to be sketches. It's going to be more like behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, me on the road doing stand-up and interacting with, with fans and supporters. Um, you know, when I'm doing interviews and stuff like that, it kind of show kind of the behind the scenes life of, of what I'm doing to get to where I'm trying to get to in my career. Um, so you kind of like, you know, if you don't evolve, you will die off. That's, that's something that I always tell my home oh, like and anybody, you know, if you don't evolve, you will die off. So you can't, so that's why you see a lot of old heads sometimes. Oh, these kids on Instagram and these kids doing this. And, you know, we didn't have YouTube back in my day. And it was like, yeah, well, nobody's talking about you because you're not evolving. You know, you're doing what people used to do back in 93. And that's why your career is stuck in 93. You feel me? So, Man, that's, so you do that's have gold to right there. Yeah, so you got to keep all that stuff in perspective. Um, so, like I said, that's why I still post on Instagram. Um, you know, I don't have as many followers as I could have. You know, if I was putting out a, a, a Instagram video or a Facebook video every day or a couple times a week, my followers online would be much greater. But what I realized is in Hollywood, actors still have TV actors, movie actors, they still have more cachet than the online community. And so it's still easier no matter how many followers people have online, mm-hmm. uh, if you get a good actor like, let's say, a Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, or Chadwick Bosman or Anthony Mackie or, or anybody of that kind, Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. it's going to be easier for them to get t- TV and films made because their cachet in Hollywood is higher. They're, they're valued higher, gotcha. for, you know, in Hollywood. And so that's the route that I'm trying to go. You know, I want to have TV shows that I'm producing and starring in. I want to have films that I'm writing and producing and starring in. Uh, and so because of that, that's why I'm going the route that I'm going, uh, which is more the TV film route than, than just, you know, really strictly online. So to me, what it sounds like you're saying is you rather have a catalog slash body of work over followers because of the landscape and what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your career. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Because I, cause I feel like this um, – if you do great work, the followers will come. They won't Absolutely. come as fast, but they'll catch up. 
Right, right, right. Slow and, slow and constant. So, Just, you've been grinding for a while now. Tell me how, how long has it taken for you to get to where you are now? Because you actually broke some ground uh, with Rush Hour because you and your co-actor, you guys were two minority male leads for a, a big production. How long have you been grinding before you've reached this level of success? How many years have you, have you put in the game, man? Yeah, man. I mean, I would say professionally, uh, it, it could be anywhere 14 years maybe. Wow. Professionally, you know, see. Um, and then I would think even and then it's even longer than that. It's probably 17 years if you want to add in my high school years, you know, going to performing arts high school, you know, that I've been, you know, I did my first commercial in high school. It was a McDonald's commercial. Um, wow. So I did that while I was in high school and then, you know, moved to Atlanta and booked the gospel and stomped the yard, you know. So, yeah, man. But that that's that's the thing that people overlook. I always hear people be like, man, Kevin Hart, man, he came out of nowhere. It's like, no, I got I helped get Kevin Hart booked at Clark Atlanta University in 06. You feel like oh, in 06, I knew Kevin Hart was going to be the next big comedian. And I literally, they asked me because I was known as like the class clown and all that stuff on campus. And I used to host events on campus and stuff. And people, and they was like, man, who you think we should get for the homecoming comedy show? And I was like, get Kevin Hart. And they was like, Kevin Hart, like, you don't want to go with this other comedian? I was like, nah, bro, trust me. Go with Kevin Hart, man. So people don't understand, like, even somebody like Kevin, mm-hmm. been grinding since he was 18, his career ain't really started to pop, pop till he turned 30. Right. You know? And so, yeah, man, the, the grind, the grind is real, man. Um, that's that's something that people, I think, don't really understand, or you know how you know it does take a while. But if you love what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know you you will love that grind also, um, because when you start seeing the the rewards and the success that comes from all the grinding that you put in, you know it makes you appreciate it more. You know, man, I cried when Rush Hour got picked up. <laughs> You feel me? Absolutely. I, I literally, I literally cry because just like you said, they don't, they rarely allow un, unknown minorities to mm-hmm. lead a network show. That's what was blowing my mind when I saw negative comments uh, when they people saw just a trailer for Rush Hour. Right. Oh, well, who this? this ain't Chris Tucker. This ain't Jackie Chan. Who do you think he is? It's like, yo, you you are missing the bigger picture. The bigger picture is one: there's a young African American working on network television, you know, these are the same people that talk about Oscar's so white, and then here is a young black dude on network TV, and instead of you pushing it, you you talking trash about it, right? Gotcha. But the point is, it's like, here's a here's our two unknown minorities that's leading a network show. Taraji P. Henson and Terrence, and Terrence Howard had to be Taraji P. Henson and Terrence Howard before they got Empire. Right. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Viola Davis had to be Viola Davis before she got her show. You know, um, Karen Washington had years and catalogs of movies before she got Scandal. You know, so so for them to be like, yo, we gonna let this unknown black dude and this unknown Asian dude, (laughs) you know, to lead this network show, it's like, man, you gotta just kind of sit back sometimes and realize, like, oh, that's pretty big. Like, you know, and support those things. You know, that's why anything that's, um, you know, and I ain't saying support trash. I mean, if, stuff, if you think something is trash, then, you know, by all means, yeah, you know, don't I don't do I don't support, I don't support everything that's, that's black made, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but I, but I try to do my best, you know, to support, support stuff like that. Um, because Dude. I know it's rare that we get those opportunities. So like, you know, Insecure on HBO in Atlanta, you know, and shows like that, you know, I definitely try to uh, support in the shows that's on home. 
you know, I try to support those shows because Dude, you I know said something. the struggle. You said something that I thought was hilarious. Oh, I read it. You and Kevin Hart share the same stunt double? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. Dude, yeah. What is except that? Except when Kevin Hart needed him, and then he was gone. He was like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> then he would go go and be with Kevin Hart. Um, yeah, man. I mean, hey, you know, short short dudes are in. Uh, y'all in style now? Least, uh, <laughs> I said short dudes, y'all in style now? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, it took a it took a while, but we got back. You know, while. we had Martin, and Martin, you know, you know, went off, and you know, then we got <laughs> Kevin. You know, hopefully I'll be next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you man, know? you gonna be next, but, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, you know. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, but but he's a good dude though. He's a very his name Jay, um, but he's he's a real good dude. But in in Rush Hour, I read that you did you do like something like eighty percent or sixty percent of your stunts in that or something like that. What was it? Yeah, I, yeah, I did about eighty percent of my stunts, wow. um, maybe eighty five percent of my stunts for Rush Hour because, like, like you mentioned, I am a black belt, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I am, you know, naturally athletic, and uh, and yeah, and I did, you know, technically have, you know, fight training, right? Um, and so yeah, for the most part, I did most of my own stunts unless it was something like super, super crazy. Okay. But you know, for like the, like the first episode, they had a dude jump, they had my character jump from a helicopter into a pool. Um, I see. Now I wasn't doing that. <laughs> right. So, I was like, I got a family. I can't be jumping off the helicopter into no pool. Uh, so that was my stunt double that did that one. But for the most part, all them fight scenes and stuff like that. If you, if it, you know, anybody has the opportunity to go back and watch Rush Hour, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's me for the most part doing all that stuff. Okay. So you said something that I thought was really important. As an actor, uh, you're traveling a lot, you know, for different projects. He may be filming in different places for extended periods of time. How do you balance work and family life um, with that? Man, you know, honestly, luckily I have a supportive family. You know, I have a supportive wife. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, marriage marriage is tough already. Um, so you want to try to have somebody that's going to be supportive and see your vision and really have your back. Um, and I have a daughter also. Um, okay. And so, yeah, man, you, you, you know, then. Luckily, you know, it, it really just comes down to having trust and having someone believe in you and understand your vision. Um, and if you have somebody like that in your corner who really trusts you and really um, understand your vision, um, then, you know, it makes things a lot easier when you have to travel because they're not nagging you, they're not blowing up your phone, trying to see where you at and what you're doing, you know, and then it helps when I bring home a big paycheck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, all right, just, just deposit the check, <laughs> you know, and everybody happy. What does your peer group look like at this point? Um, you mean like my like my friend, my close friends, or uh, Hollywood friends, or both? Like or, who's who's around you? Who's in your circle? Um, you know, I still have my same. When I go back to Florida, it's still my same friends from middle school. It's still my same same friends. Um, when it comes to Hollywood, you know, I got a, a few friends. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, of course, you know, because I'm in the business, so I know a lot of people. Um, but when it comes to my core friends, there's a few cats that I'm, like, close, close with. You know, like, if I'm going through something or if I need to vent, you know, I got about two or three homeboys out of L.A. Um, that I'm close, close with. And then I have, outside of that, then I have, like, my comedy community of friends, you know, other up-and-coming comedians who I feel are funny, or or have it or have you know have it in them to be great you know I kind of surround myself with those guys um, like my home like like Damon Wayans Jr. Um, you know he's a very very funny comedian and part of the Wayans family you know that's uh, Damon Wayans uh, son 
Um, right. Somebody said texting the hell out of me right now. Uh, but anyways, but so I kind of surround <laughs> myself with people like him. You know, so we'll kind of work, go to these comedy clubs together or sometimes. And, not together, but we'll meet, see each other at these same clubs and we'll kind of help each other out with our jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, really just, you know, and, and you'll hear anybody, you know, that's, that's made it, they'll tell you, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that's smarter than you or people that, and for a comedian, you want to surround yourself with people that's funnier than you or as funny as you because, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, and that stuff is going to only make you raise your, your game. You know, for instance, I'll give you an example going on the road with Atheon Crockett and D-Ray. You know, now when it's among my peers, you get me on the right night and, you know, it's gonna, I'm a hard act to follow. It, it is just what it is. But then I get on tour with Atheon and I get on tour with D-Ray, I got to step my game up <laughs> because these dudes destroy. You know, like I kill, they destroy so, you know, it's like I'm trying to get to that level when I'm destroying every night. And so, you know, being around those guys, um, you know, help help make me a better artist and a better comedian. How do you stay motivated knowing that you're not on their level yet? And, you know, if you go behind them, you might not have the best night. Like, you know what I mean? Or you might not be as great as maybe if you went before them. How do you stay motivated knowing that you still have levels to climb? Man, you know. It's it's one of those things. I I think some people just got it in them, and some people don't, man. Uh, and hopefully, some people, if they don't have it, they could see something that'll spark something in them to get it. Um, and really, for me, it's just ultimately I see what the end goal for me could be. You see, like I see all the things that I'm that I feel like I'm capable of achieving. Um, and I know the only way to for me to achieve that is for me to become the best version of myself as possible, you know? So for me to become the best screenwriter as possible, for me to become the best actor as possible, for me to become the best comedian as possible. Um, and so when I see those, you know what? I always tell my friends, here, here goes the big, here goes a big tip, man. Some people see people that's better than them or more successful than them. Most people, and I'm going to say 90% of people get jealous by that. They see somebody that's, has a better career than them, or they're funnier than them, they're a better singer than them, better actor than them. They look at that person, they get envious, they get jealous, you know. Then there's the 10% of people who see those people, and they, that motivates them to be great like them. Right. So instead of me getting jealous and envious of a D-Ray and, and, and Atheon or even uh, a, a Jamie Foxx or Kevin Hart, you know, that's why you look online, you see all these comedians talk about Kevin Hart. Uh, he ain't this, he ain't that. Use that as motivation to get to his level. See, he don't have time to talk about them because he's too busy accomplishing. You see, when you're busy accomplishing, you don't have time to talk about people that's not doing as well as you. So when I see these people, when I see the Kevins and the Steve Steve Harveys, and when I see the the Denzel Washingtons and the Jamie Foxes, and, and even the up, in, when I see the cast of Straight Outta Compton, as a young black actor, I auditioned for Straight Outta Compton. I didn't get the part. But I see the movie, I'm like, dang, them, them boys killed it, man. I applaud them gentlemen. Absolutely. And I say, yo, I need, to, I need to get on that. You know what I'm saying? I need to step my game up so I can get to that level. You know, so I look at those people, and I don't let it discourage me. You know, I use all of that as motivation to, to be successful and take my, take my career to the next level. Okay. So, Just, what are you currently working on, or what do you have coming up? Um, next up, I mean, so I got some projects, uh, waiting on some contracts to go through, so I can't talk about those yet. Okay. Uh, and then I'm go, but, but I am going on tour, um, this summer. So now I'm, um, 
uh, talking with my stand-up agents right now um, and getting that situated. So uh, right now, I know I already have Chicago lined up this summer. You come to New York? Coming where? You come to New York? I hope so. Maybe I, I'm trying to see if they're gonna get me booked at uh, Caroline's. Man, come there on, man. For the we, we need you here. Yes, yeah, man. So I'm trying to do New York studio. and like DC and all them places, but uh, I think I'm gonna do it at Atlanta. Um, so yeah, man. So that's that's the next thing that I'm really like focusing on is um, getting back to my stand up because when I'm doing MacGyver, I don't really have time to do my stand up. Uh, so I definitely plan to go on the road um, headlining. I'll be headlining, so I'll have a feature act. Um, Okay. Last and, question. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Last question. What three things would you tell someone looking to create their best life? Um, three things. Number one, like I say, don't let fear hold you back. Number two, like I said, be nice. My dad always taught me, don't let your attitude affect your altitude. And a lot of people let their attitude get in the way of uh, other opportunities and blessings that could come their way. Just because, you know, you know, something happened and, you know, they didn't handle the situation correctly. You know, so don't let fear get in, in the way of you uh, pursuing your dreams. Um, be a good person. And, I mean, me personally, man, God, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a believer in God, man. Uh, I believe in praying and, and I believe in speaking things into existence. Um, you know, speaking into existence, but also put in the work. Um, to make sure that you're giving yourself the best shot to accomplish all of those things that you're pursuing. How can our listeners, the Create Your Life Series family, how can they keep up with you, man? What are your social media handles, YouTube page, all that? Yeah, Website. So all my social media is all Justin Hires. Um, that's it. Uh, one word, Justin Hires. So like tires, but with an H, Hires. Um, okay. And then my YouTube is just Justin TV. And um, yeah, I'm going to start back. Like I said, put it. I might. Yeah, I probably keep it the same. But in, in, in any case, my YouTube is just Justin TV, uh, and like I said, I'm about to start posting some content on there um, in the next few months. You know, so look out for that. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah, hit that subscribe button. Well, beautiful people, we had uh, Justin Hires on. Justin, thank you so much for being with us today, man. We really appreciate you. Hey, man, thanks for having me. And no. keep doing your thing too, man. Like I told everybody, like I told you, man. I, I agree to this, man, because I see you on your grind. And uh, anybody on that grind, you know, I always do my best to try to support it, you know. So, man, you keep doing your thing, too, bro. It's a great thing that you're doing. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Very humbling. And as always, brother, be blessed. We, Create Your Life Series family, are going to cut to a quick musical break, and then we're going to come back with that recap of all of the jewels and blessings that Justin Hires has definitely uh, dropped on us. And, Justin, also, you on MacGyver now, man. When does it come on?
acting game and, and into Hollywood that you just normally wouldn't have access to or be able to learn and find out about. So uh, here we go. He said that, you know, fear is the number one reason that people don't achieve their dreams. So create your life series family. We're going to go out there. We're going to create our lives and we're not going to pay attention to fear because fear is false evidence appearing real. He also said that one of the biggest things that he did in order to actually get his career started when he made it to L.A., was he used referrals. He got used the contact information and the name of a fellow actor from a past project and put it on all of his packets, which were his headshots and resume, et cetera, et cetera, and sent those out. And by using his name, he got out of almost uh, 50 Apple, uh, packets that he sent out, he got one callback. But it, and they said that they knew the person who he had put down as his referral. So I want you to definitely use those referrals in everything that you're doing. He also said that, he has an attorney and that attorney plays a very, very important role in what it is that, you know, acting is, especially in terms of negotiating contracts, getting you in and out of things, uh, in and out of situations. He also said that you should always be professional and be on time and that there's really no way not to burn bridges. But it's always important for you to do your best and to do what matters to you because some people's ego are going to egos are going to be involved in what it is that you're doing if you say or do something that they may not like and so he said man you pretty much can't help it but as long as you're doing what matters to you and that you're putting forth your best effort then hey you'll reap the benefits of it later on he said also always be nice to people and then he said he gave us a great quote that I'm loving right now he said if you don't evolve, you will die off. So you can look for that on our Wisdom Wednesday posts, definitely. And he said that he is more interested in having a catalog and a great body of work over having social media followers. He said that the followers will come if you are great at what it is that you do. And then I asked him, I said, man, what are your three things that you're going to tell, that you would tell someone who's looking to create their best life? And he said, number one, don't let fear hold you back. Number two, be nice to people, of course. And he said, have faith in a higher power and also speak things into existence. And then that fifth thing that he gave us, because he all he gave us a little bit more. He said, put in the work. And he said that he's been in order to get to where he's at right now. He's been putting in 14 years post high school because he was always that focused. And actually. That has been 17 years, if you include high school, because he booked his first McDonald's commercial there. So create your life series, family. Be blessed and continue to make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. 
Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 Create your life.